Hello, and welcome to Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell, and today we continue our ongoing mini-sode series, The Regional Park Story. New York City had been without a regional theme park since the failure of Freedomland USA. However, that was all about to change in the late 1960s, when businessman Warner Leroy began developing a concept for Great Adventure, a massive complex of seven areas which would primarily serve the New York and Philadelphia markets. The original concept included the Enchanted Forest theme park, a drive through safari, Neptune's Kingdom Sea Life Park, Dream Street Shopping District, Over the Rainbow Children's Park, Sports and Games Athletics Complex, and Wild Country Campsite. Leroy's firm acquired undeveloped forested land in Jackson, New Jersey, around one hour from both New York and Philadelphia, and construction began in 1972. Throughout the fast-paced construction period, many of the proposed concepts were delayed, repurposed, or canceled completely. In 1974, the park opened with three of the proposed components, the drive-through safari park, the Enchanted Forest theme park, and the Rootin' Tootin' Rip Roarin' theme section, which opened a few days after the other two. The Roar intended for the park to lean heavily into fantasy, and the majority of the attractions in the concept art included elaborate dark rides and fanciful buildings. In the end, some of these components were integrated, including an elaborate carousel pavilion and the ice cream and candy-themed Yum Yum Palace restaurant. Some additional fantasy elements emerged in the Rootin' Tootin' Rip Roarin' Wild West-themed area, which was added to the park during the planning and development process, and these included an oversized teepee, chuck wagon, and frontier stockade fort. The park that opened in 1974 was far from the fanciful-themed park that Leroy had originally envisioned, with the finished product more informed by the regional theme parks that preceded it. Main attractions at opening included the large-scale arrow runaway mine train, elaborate arrow log flume, a 150-foot-tall giant wheel, Ferris wheel, and a beautiful double-tracked Von Roll Skyride, which utilized components from Skyrides that operated at the 1964-65 World's Fair, and ironically, at Freedomland USA. The 1974 season proved to be a big success, and it became clear that there was a need for additional rides to meet the park's popularity. For 1975, the park doubled the number of rides in the park, with the addition of a second high-capacity aero hydro flume, as well as a slew of, of carnival flat rides in the new funfair area. With these additions, and the struggles seen by tourism during the oil crisis, it became clear that Leroy's vision of a themed resort was no longer going to be a reality. That being said, as a regional theme park with a focus on rides, the park continued to be a big success. The park saw an increase of attendance of 83% from 1974 to 75. 1976 would bring the park's first new area, the Liberty Court and Avenue of States. This colonial-themed entrance plaza was designed to coincide with the Bicentennial. Designed by Randall Duell & Associates, the streamlined-themed area brought the park even more in line with the regional parks and further from Leroy's fantasy-enchanted forest. Leroy would part ways with Great Adventure around the same time as the planning of this new area, and in 1977, the park was acquired by Six Flags, officially bringing Great Adventure into the regional park mold it initially seemed poised to break, or at least elaborate on. 1974 would also bring the promise of adventure to a much smaller market, Des Moines, Iowa. Jack Krantz, a local Des Moines businessman who owned multiple home-building companies, was explicitly inspired by family trips to Walt Disney World and sought to bring some theme park magic to his home state. 
A small plot of land formerly used by an airport in Des Moines was identified and construction of the park began in earnest in 1973. Adventureland was designed in the mold of Disney's Magic Kingdom-style parks, with a large turn-of-the-century Main Street as the park entrance, complete with a trolley ride circling the park in place of a train. Jack Krantz kept the rest of the park relatively simple, with future alpine, country, and western-themed areas all kind of sketched out and with plenty of room to grow. After construction delays due to a tornado, the park opened in August of 1974 for a short season before a property, proper opening in 1975. The original anchor attractions during the first two seasons included Der Flitzer, a compact portable coaster by manufacturer Zier, the River Rapids Log Flume, Jaunty Jeep's Car Ride, and the Sky Seats Sky Ride, a 1975 edition that was a gift from the 1974-75 World's Fair which had been held in Spokane, Washington. This conservative approach proved not only wise, but successful, as the park quickly expanded to meet the demand for rides and attractions. Notable additions in the park's first decade included the Super Screamer SDC Galaxy Coaster in 1976, the 1978 William Cobb Woody Tornado, named in honor of one of the, the one that disrupted the park's construction, the relocation of some historic rides and attractions from Des Moines' defunct Riverview Park to the, a Riverview Island-themed area in 1980, and the Raging River Rapids Ride in 1983. One aspect of Adventureland that had always set it apart from the many other regional parks was its success as an actual resort. Jack Krantz deliberately launched the park with the Adventureland Inn Hotel and Adventureland Campground, both of which have seen expansion and continue to operate successfully today. Although Adventureland had multiple owners throughout its early years, Jack Krantz bought out all the owners in the mid-80s, and the park remained family-owned and operated until 2021 possibly driven by the enormous fallout following the death of a guest on the park's Raging River Rapid Ride in 2021, the park was acquired by Palace Entertainment, a subsidiary of the Spanish firm Parques Reunidos. This marked the end of 47 years of family ownership and involvement, but hopefully ensures the Disneyland of Iowa will continue on, especially as it faces competition from the newly opened Lost Island theme park in nearby Waterloo. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this mini-episode, please leave a comment or rating wherever you're listening. You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings, this is Ian O'Donnell. Join me next week as we continue exploring the regional park story. See the other right now below.